Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to Better Living. I'm your host, Nick Carissimi. We are continuing our conversation about Dallas After School. I just got done with their CEO, Christina Hanger. Now we are going to switch to a group within the group. They are called After the Bell Alliance. I'm speaking with Sharia Woods. She's the director of After the Bell. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you, Nick? I'm doing great. Thank you very much for joining me. Pretty fascinating organization. Christina did a really good job of, of talking about the origins of the group and, and what you guys are doing, but you have a very specific job within this organization, and it's pretty much to explain to people why this is important mm-hmm. and why they should get involved, which is definitely one of the things that I like to try and do with this show. I want to get people motivated to volunteer, be a part of. That's your whole job. Yes. So that's what we're going to focus on today. You've made my job easier. Um, talk to me about what After the Bell Alliance actually is. What is that? So you did a great job of laying out kind of we're what done. we do. Pack it up. <laughs> we're done. 59 seconds. Thank you very much. Short show. Over. But yeah, Dallas After School has been very focused on our partners, so people that provide after school programming in the city. So my job is to go outside of our, our typical partners and talk to other nonprofits, but also business leaders, foundations, Anyone that will listen, really, and to tell them why after-school programs matter. If I understand it correctly, it seems to be kind of a dual-pronged thing where you're looking for people to get involved in kind of a fundraising sense, Mm -hmm. but then also trying to get people to start their own organizations and actually be a part of having an after-school program in some form or fashion. Am I correct? Yes, you're correct. Uh, We hesitate to say to start their own programs because a lot of people get very excited, like, oh, yes, I'm going to go out and start a program. Yeah. Um, And I was that way when I first started. I didn't come from an after-school background. I've I've been in education, but not the specific space. So I was like, yeah, we'll just go start programs and it will be great. Johnny Appleseed after-school programs all over the place. (laughs) Right. But it's it's really a very specific um, industry. So you want people that know what they're doing. I mean, we can teach people. Um, but what we found is that the best strategies are to help the programs that are doing the work well grow and expand. And so how can we kind of use our resources to help our programs? It's interesting. When I first started doing this show, I did not know that those types of organizations existed. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be uh, almost kind of commonplace now where you, you're an optimizer. You take an existing group and you're not starting anything. You're taking a group that has a lot of potential mm-hmm. and you're making them realize that potential. Right. Because we have a ton of partners, as Christina said. We have over 30 different organizations that are providing after-school programs, and those are just the ones that are a part of Dallas After School. So across the county, there are a ton, and they're all working independently. And for a big organization like, you know, YMCA, a Boys and Girls Club, they have National that's supporting them. But for your small mom-and-pop organizations, they don't have a lot of support, and they may not even know how to talk about the work that they're doing. Um, and so we're getting out there and helping, you know, kind of set the stage for like why after school programs matter so that when they're telling their story, people have something to kind of attach that to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the first time they're hearing about after school programs and their impact. Um, but we're also looking to build a system. Um, in Dallas, we have Dallas After School. We're kind of a, taking the lead there for after school programs and quality. Um, but when you're thinking about expansion, and that's really our goal is to help programs grow, 
um, so that we can serve more kids. Right now, our capacity is about 17% of low-income kids in free and low-cost programs, um, which is not you know a lot. So we have a lot of kids that are at home. Um, we have the wonderful job of going to uh, fairs at DISD and talking to parents and saying, you know, get there early. Hopefully there's a spot for you, but not really feeling confident that when they go to seek those programs, there will be one that is, you know, on their school campus or that has transportation um, that's affordable, that's a reasonable level of quality for their kids. Yeah. So they want something, uh, but there's just not a lot there. No, but I mean, it, it's got to be kind of hard, though, then, because, you know, uh, Christina did mention that there's a waiting list mm-hmm. uh, for, for groups that just can even be a part of Dallas After School. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the flip side, the parents that are, they need an organization for their kid, but they might not have it. So is there a pressure on Dallas After School to, to be constantly expanding and make sure that we can keep including people? Yes, there's a pressure on both ends. And so there's a pressure for us to be able to serve more partners, but then we want to serve partners well. Yeah. Um, and so when we have, we have quality advisors. That's that the hard thing, to, right? Yeah. You, you want, want to, to expand, to, but you have to do it correctly. Right. And same thing for the partners. I can go to them and say, hey, I want you to serve more kids. But if they don't feel confident, I mean, last year we had, or earlier this year, actually, we had Inspire Consultants come, which are volunteer consultants. Mm-hmm. Um, ours were from Bain & Company. And they looked at challenges to growth. And we were really surprised because our partners said even above the cost to expand, staffing was their biggest concern. And so finding people that are high quality, who can work part time, and these hours are 3 to 6 p.m. five days a week. So it's not even like the ideal part time hours. Um, And the pay is, you know, 10 to 12 dollars an hour, which is not terrible if you're working full time. But if you're doing three hours a day, you know, is it worth my gas to even get there? Um, and then especially if you want people that are highly skilled. Um, so when we're thinking about, you know, expansion and system building, we have to think about what type of supports do our smaller providers need to be able to grow. Because a lot of our really, really high quality and, and providers that are doing excellent work are small. Um, and they've been able to figure out how to serve their group of kids. But if we could get them in a position where they could really expand and serve more neighborhoods, it would be really powerful, and a lot of kids would would have a lot better outcomes. How hard is it to instill patience in these people that are with these groups? Because that, what I just heard mm-hmm. was you saying, patience, yes. please, please, <laughs> please be patient with us. That's because amazing. everybody that is going to be a part of a Dallas after school, not even a Dallas after school, any after school program, your intentions are good. You want to help out kids, and you want to make sure you have a quick impact and a big impact but that is not going to happen overnight. You got to be patient. So, is it hard to make sure that these organizations are going slow enough to grow correctly? Yes, that is a big part of my job. I'm very much in the middle because I'm working with partners, <laughs> and then I'm working with funders, and yeah. I'm working with community members, and it's very complex. Um, but what we try to tell them is that you know there's kind of an arc of our work. We have our foundational phase where we're looking at you know where are the programs since there's no centralized agency that's in charge of out of school time. It was a big lift to even figure out where all the programs were yeah. and who they were serving. Um, and so we brought BC Workshop in, uh, Building Community Workshop. They're a nonprofit urban planning firm, um, and they did an analysis to look at where all the programs were. Um, so not just our partners that are fitting our criteria necessarily, but you know, any organization that was serving kids in some capacity four to five days a week. 
And then also to layer on the need by looking at the characteristics of the neighborhood, proximity to great schools, um, access and walkability to existing programs, and then also looking at future demographics. So um, if, there, if the neighborhood's rapidly gentrifying, then maybe we don't necessarily need to put a lot of energy into putting seats there that will no longer be needed in five years when we actually are able to do that. That's got to be a lot. You guys have to be doing that a lot more in Dallas. Would you say that the 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 idea, well, I mean, yeah, because of gentrification, Mm -hmm. but just the idea of of planning where neighborhoods are flipping and becoming completely different in Mm -hmm. two years, you know, they've been the same for 25 and now all of a sudden two years later, they're completely different. So it seems like that probably is becoming more important within the organization. It really is, especially as you were mentioning before about the patients, because we are looking at, you know, a five to 10 year horizon. We're not looking at, you know, next year we're going to be able to put, you know, thousands more seats in place. Um, and so we were really excited that they were able to do that. So that sounds budget. like another portion of your job that we were kind of talking about, bringing other organiza- partner organizations in to help Dallas After School. Mm-hmm. So it's not just going to be where we've got a great literacy program and these people know what they're doing. You're talking about groups that will do research to help you kind of figure out the best demographics to work on within mm-hmm. a certain area, number crunching, some more scientific type stuff. Right. And that's the system building piece of it. Because I always explain it that, our programs are in a neighborhood looking at the front door of a house, right? They're on the ground. And we want to have kind of a helicopter view looking at the entire neighborhood. So they're looking at, well, who do we know? What spaces are available to us? What funding do we have? And they're making their decisions based on that. But there has to be some sort of like collective that's looking at the whole landscape of the county, where programs are needed, how funding and resources can be aligned to make sure um, that that we're all kind of growing together. Is that how you guys are focusing on your expansion by bringing in partner organizations to make sure that you're able to do things more efficiently, I guess? Yes. So we, from the beginning, have had an After the Bell Alliance Council that has funders on it. It has uh, city representatives on it, including the police department, um, the city of Dallas. And um, we also work with, we have nonprofits and um, um, we have nonprofits and program providers on there as well. Um, And we're starting now to recruit a broader coalition of partners that are not just our advisory council representatives, but also um, just organizations or companies that care um, to be able to say that, you know, this is something that's important to us. And so before we've been really focused on just after after school providers, but now we're looking at what are all the resources in the community that we could be leveraging Sharia Woods is the director of After the Bell Alliance, which is an initiative of Dallas After School, their website, dallasafterschool.org. You're you're talking about bringing in partner organizations. You're talking about dealing with people who would fundraise. So that makes me kind of think about we're dealing with underperforming groups. And I bet a lot of people that maybe start off would say, you know what? Throw some money at it. Just throw cash at it. (laughs) What? Like, this will definitely help. This will make things so much easier. Just give them more money. I'm guessing that that's actually the wrong approach. So where is that line between just throwing funding at an organization and and just assuming that that money is going to find its way to be useful versus, you know what, you don't need money, you need X, Y, and Z? Where, what are, how do you guys gauge that? Well, we do need money. So (laughs) we will say that. Fair enough. Fair enough. (laughs) Um, But I think... For us, it's probably thinking about which organizations you are funding. And that's something that we've been giving a lot of thought to and just strategies around what does expansion look like. And these are all preliminary ideas, but we're looking at the staffing piece very carefully um, because staffing makes up about 85 percent of a program's budget. 
Um, they said it's the biggest challenge to growth. Um, and so if we're looking at something that could make a huge impact, then maybe there's something to be said about working on the staffing piece. Sure. Um, so we're bringing back our Inspire consultants. Um, once again, they're volunteers from Bain & Company, and they're going to look at staffing, staffing in depth for us and give us some ideas about how we could work in those areas. Um, the reason I say that we do need money is because when they came and did the research about challenges to expansion, we found that our programs were leveraging a lot of resources already. Most of them were getting free or very low cost space. Um, the food is provided through um, the federal meals program. And so a lot of them are not paying for food. Mm. People love donating crayons and construction paper. So a lot of them are not paying for that. Um, a lot of them are using volunteers, but volunteers, I mean, they help because they keep the ratios down. They're able to add a layer of support to after school programs. And, mm -hmm. and we encourage anyone who's interested to volunteer. Um, but they can't run programs. You know, we need people that are being paid dedicated to be there. Um, and so it's not just throwing money at it, but without money, we're not going to be able to scale rapidly the way that we need to. Um, right now, we estimate, and, and TextPost, I believe, did this work research that over 100,000 kids are at home by themselves after school every day in Dallas. Just in Dallas. Just in Dallas. More than could fill Cowboy Stadium at home by themselves. So this is the type of problem we're talking about. Um, in the BC Workshop report, they found that there were about 380 seats in Pleasant Grove, and there were um, over 14,000 kids in that community under the age of 14. And so this is the type of problem that we're talking about where it's not like, you know... <laughs> Hey, oh, my God. And, yeah. Does it make your head spin kind of when you look at when you hear numbers? Yeah. Like that? When I looked at that report and there were several neighborhoods, they identified the top 10 um, yeah. high need areas and the numbers were all similar. And, you know, there's that moment of overwhelm, like, you know, can this be yeah. solved? But then you just have to figure out like, OK, and be patient and be patient. No, it's a long game. Are you able to bring people into this organization pretty quick once you, you start ha hammering them with, with just that idea? Because we're not even really talking about the benefits of what an after-school program is. Mm -hmm. We're saying there's 100,000-plus kids running wild in <laughs> Dallas County after school. Let's get these kids somewhere that they can do something positive with their lives. It's been helping a lot. Um, sure. The BC Workshop Report came out about a month and a half ago. It's really, really new. And so, you know, saying 100,000, I think, had an impact. But when yeah. we were able to show people the maps and, like, you know, here are the neighborhoods, here are the resources that are there, people have been really exciting, excited. It's been helping us a lot with the city. Um, so we've been working very closely with them to try to figure out, like, hey, how can we align resources that are available to try to leverage those kind of in, to your to your question about not just throwing money at it. Yeah. We would love it if somebody would throw money at it. But until then, you know, looking at what do we have and how can we kind of leverage that to at least get more programs established? Well, that brings me back to a question I had, and, and you kind of mentioned it. Basically, what does expansion look like? Are you guys mm -hmm. at Dallas After School, is expansion to you more quality groups or is it expanding quality groups? I think we have a lot of capacity right now within our organizations that if we were able to support them in expansion, that could get us far. Um, after that, we could think about maybe recruiting organizations from other regions of the country that are maybe not present in Dallas. Mm. Um, I would probably choose to go that route before brand new after school programs just because. Like you got a program in Des Moines that does great mm -hmm. and come on down right, here. Maybe come down here. Maybe really? there's some incentive we could offer. Or maybe they're looking to expand and they're sure. trying to pick a place and we can make a case Has for that, why Dallas. You, have you guys used that model before? Have you brought organizations from the nation to Dallas? We have not. 
But so that's a it's, new kind it's of an a idea. New area. Yeah. After the Bell is new too. So we've been around. This initiative is about two years old. Okay. Have and you been so, with it since the beginning? No, I've been here um, about a, a little over a year. Okay. Yeah. So do you spend most of your time going out and basically giving presentations to groups about Dallas After School? Or are you meeting with organizations that are already with the organization? How do you kind of spend your time and spread the word? There's a good balance, I think. Um, I do, in the beginning especially, I worked a lot with our partners to just try to really understand like what the needs are and what needs to be done. Now that we have, and then when we were doing the BC Workshop Project, there was a lot of kind of project management on that piece and then making sure we really had like our case for better word like Mm -hmm. what are we going out and telling people and really laying that foundation so now we're in the phase of our work that's the coalition building phase is what we like to call it where we are going out and we're having those meetings um one of my big questions when i started was are these mostly um, the areas that need the most help within the city of dallas or possibly could they be other areas of the county Um, and when we got the report back from bc workshop it said that eight out of ten of the high priority neighborhoods were in the city so now that we know that, we've been hitting City Hall really hard. It's got to make um, it a little bit easier, though, to just yeah. focus on Dallas County. Was that kind of, was that a relief to you? It was. It was a relief in a way because, like, okay, we can focus our energy. So we also know that Dallas is a very challenging, in a lot of ways, city because it's very big. Mm. Um, Dallas ISD, nearly 90% of their population is um, economically disadvantaged, um, you know, their college graduation rates are really or their their college readiness rates are really low. Um, and a lot of their kids are uh, English as second language speakers. And so they're having to learn English while they're learning subjects. And so it's just a lot of challenges. So it's exciting because it's one place. Yeah. But then, you know, like this is a big school district. It's a big urban city. And so we have to think, you know, really strategically about how. You were able to narrow down the area that you were going to work in, yeah. and then you figured out that that was super unnarrow. <laughs> right, it's exactly. Su- yeah, a gigantic area. Uh, you, you just kind of touched on it. I read on your website, which is once again dallasafterschool.org, that only 14% of high school graduates from Dallas County mm-hmm. are ready for college. Yes. Okay, so when you hear something like that, not good. Not good. What this organization is saying is we can bump up that percentage. We can bump up that number with something as simple as good after-school programs. Mm -hmm. This is the whole reason why you guys are doing what you're doing. Right. That's the whole reason. We love kids. That's why I'm here. I mean, I've worked in a lot of different environments, different um, education-related nonprofits. And, you know, my work is, is about kids. And just how can we make their lives better? Like, I don't care what lever we're pulling. (laughs) I just want to pull a lever and do what I can to help. Um, And I think after school provides that extra layer for kids. You know, it's not the silver bullet. We don't believe in silver bullets. We believe that kids need a lot of things. Um, But it does make that just that little extra push that a kid might need. Are people understanding that message more and more? Do you think that people are finally starting to understand that an after-school program isn't a maybe, it's a positive, like you should? I think people are starting to understand it, but I think we have a lot of work to do, um, especially talking to families that are middle class. Because like some people we talk to, they send their kids to like the YMCA after school, but they're not thinking, you know, my kid needs an academic intervention. Yeah. You know, my kid might not eat dinner if they don't have this program. They're thinking, I need somebody to watch my kids for two to three hours until I get home from work. Yeah. And so when you're presented with a Dallas after school type model, you're like, oh, well, that's a nice to have. 
but you're not thinking this is a life changing, like course altering experience for kids. Um, with our research with CORE, they looked at kids who are in after school programs and then kids who are not. And the there was like a 30 percent gap in their test scores for first to second graders. So like in math, they were wow. like in the 40th percentile, you know, if they were not in an after school program. And then they were in like the 70s if they were in an after school program. So this is like trajectory altering. I mean, everybody's talking about their early childhood and how, you know, if you can read by third grade, it just makes your chances of high school graduation and going to college so much better. And so this is kind of that, you know, secret lever. Yeah. You know, we're talking about the school day and that's so, so important. But if we could provide something that just helps the school. Um, I went to visit Hard House, which is a after school program that works with works with sorry works with families from immigrant communities and they um, talked about going to the schools because they go to the school and kind of tutor during the day to get to know the teachers mm-hmm. and they were, they were talking to some of the teachers and they said you know the kids that come from Hart House we know we don't have to ask them we can just tell because of their behavior and kind of how they're how well adjusted they are and so they do a lot of social emotional in their programs. They have, you know, moments of quiet. They have a quiet corner. So if you're having any issues, you can go and just kind of sit there. Um, and so they're being very intentional about that work. And yeah. it's really making a difference. Um, the hard part for us is that a lot of the changes that happen in the kids are a little intangible. And so we're trying to figure out, you know, how do you Well, it measure... sounds like you're building that information. Right. You know, you're giving stats on test scores and you're also mm-hmm. giving examples of groups that are noticing differences. So mm-hmm. it's not just kind of uh, off the cuff, like, hey, these kids are great. Like, you're, mm-hmm. you're going to have both of those which you need. For Dallas After School to expand, what do you need more of? Support from parents for after school programs or support from school for after school programs? Support support from school uh, for after school programs. I say that because parents want them. You know, they're not, there's no difficulty in explaining to a parent why they need after school. There, we've had focus groups. You know, we go to fairs. We talk to parents. They call our office. Parents are on us. board. Parents are on you board. You got a waiting list. Yeah, we have a waiting list. Uh, most of our high quality programs have very long waiting lists. Um, so that's not the issue. Schools um, tend to be supportive, but they have so much going on and so many requirements from the school district that it can be a challenge. Mm. Um, and so I think our our goal is to kind of make it a higher priority even at the district level so that it kind of empowers the principals that really care about kids to focus a lot more of their energy in that way. Do you see a day when it's just part of school, when it's just a part, like after school programs are just, it's just the normal school day? Kids wouldn't know a difference. They're like, oh, you used to get out of school at 3 p.m.? You go to school, and then you got your after-school program. Do you think that that's going to be integrated to a certain extent down the road? I think it's... <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting mixed results. I was expecting, like, a, yeah, a beautiful, bright future. I mean, it could it could happen that way. I think I hesitate because that is a good thing. But sometimes, and some of our strongest programs are not necessarily on a school campus. So that's what we've been debating Sometimes when a program is just on the school campus, it can get sucked into everything that the school is dealing with. And Mm. it just becomes like a tutoring program or like a test prep program, like an extension of the school day. Um, But being on the school campus is important because kids don't have to get there. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. If I was a kid, even if it was a great organization, I'd be like, I'm still at school. I'm still at school. No matter what you're doing. So that that absolutely makes sense. Right. You want it to be fun. You want it to be engaging. You want them to learn but not know they're learning. And that can be accomplished. And we have some organizations that are able to do that on the school campus. But that's why I hesitate because that's not really 
our stated mission. That no, just, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. We are going to talk about volunteers and, and how people can get involved with this organization. Before we go, I'm going to have to put you on the spot okay. and ask you about an organization that you do like. What's an after-school program that you think is a great example of what Dallas After School is all about? Um, I would say Readers to Leaders is really awesome. Okay. Um, so they work with young kids who are behind in their reading. They bring in a ton of volunteers, but they also have staff on board that are literacy specialists. And so they spend time just, and so this is a great one for volunteers as well, because you don't have to be a literacy specialist. They will kind of teach you their curriculum and how to work, because they work with their kids one-on-one every day. And we've just seen tremendous results in their kids being able to get up onto grade level. And now they're having to kind of deal with the kind of problem, not problem, where kids are getting on grade level, and they're like, well, do we keep them in the program, or should we make room for someone else? (laughs) Good problem to have. Good problem to have. And so they're a wonderful program, and one I would love to see grow okay and what was the name of that organization again readers to leaders readers to leaders all right so since you did such a good job of segueing into talking about volunteers let's talk about volunteers and you, i mean you're working with more than just volunteers mm-hmm. you're talking about getting people into the fold of dallas after school you're talking about getting people to maybe throw those magic money bullets at you mm-hmm. so uh <laughs> how do people get involved with this organization okay so christina mentioned going on to our website dallasafterschool.org signing up to be a volunteer um, you can also email me, swoods at dallasafterschool.org, if you're really interested in just expansion and, like, how can I get involved with this? We have an After the Bell Alliance um, network of partners, and so they're mostly organizations right now, but we're, you know, open to talking to anyone who's interested in getting involved. Um, this is not a volunteer activity, but really just spreading the word that this matters. Yes. Um, we have a big uphill battle just to raise awareness within the city so just getting on our newsletter making sure you're sharing you know the things that are going on um with us and of course magic money bullets are always <laughs> fire appreciated. away yeah <laughs> um you know for the people that work with dallas after school is it important is it important for people within the organization to visit these programs yes. and see them in action and see yes. them work do you spend time doing that yes and it was I probably worked at Dallas after school for a month or two, I'm ashamed to say, before I went on a site visit. Mm -hmm. And it really helped open up my understanding of kind of what the programs did and why they were so important and impactful for kids. Um, I personally wasn't in an after school program, so I was a latchkey kid. So I was, you know, the kid going home by myself and calling my mom to let her know I was safe and you know, so it was interesting to kind of see that. So other. you have that other side of the experience where you know that you could have benefited from this. You know that know, it would have I been a good thing for you to be doing yeah. instead of just going home and watching right. TV. Right, and Parker. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I would say Sit by the Bell, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Bell, okay, okay, yeah. okay. Um, Six and Park. I haven't heard that in a while. Um, okay, so uh, you're spending time with these organizations and, and you're seeing what they're doing. Is it immediately obvious to you when you see an organization where you maybe show up for that first safety check versus one down the line? Is it is there just a complete line of demarcation between groups coming in and groups that have just been there for a while? Is it is it really that obvious? Yeah, you can tell. Yeah. And so they took me to the the great sites first to not alarm me, but you know when you go to the ones that you know are, are seeking to grow, um, you definitely can. Can tell. Do you bring other people to see the organizations? Is that part of a thing too? Maybe if people are interested in getting involved, that maybe they could take a tour or at least see an yes, organization that's running well. For sure, you just reach out to us, and you know, I gave my email. Or there's an information, I think, sign up piece on the website okay. as well. So yeah. if people want to get involved, there's definitely ways to do it. Yes. All right. 
Okay, so we've been speaking about After the Bell Alliance. It's an initiative of Dallas After School. I've been speaking with director of After the Bell Alliance, Sharia Woods. I really appreciate your time today. We've learned a lot, and uh, I really hope that you guys come back in and, and we can do more with Dallas After School. All right, thanks for having us. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.